Hello and welcome to another episode of I Could Never Be Here on the Popcorn Talk Network. Guys, I don't know where December suddenly came from. The fact that we're already in the first week of December, it feels like the first week of February maybe, but that means we are into the Christmas season, well into the season of giving, and I hope you guys are taking the time to do just that. I know it's this time of year where I feel like it's important to be able to just pay people back maybe for things that they've done in your life or just strangers be able to make their season better, so that is my challenge to you guys this week, to be able to do something nice for someone, maybe give an extra tip, maybe give an extra dollar, do whatever you can, that is my challenge, go make it happen. I have a feeling that fans of Riverdale are going to enjoy this episode. Certainly, you can hear the theme music playing behind me. We have the star of season one. He played Jason Blossom. But before that, he's known for much more. He was also on The Fosters. He was also in the movie The Amityville Terror. Please welcome Trevor Steins. Trevor, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good, man. How are I, you? I'm doing well. Are you blown away that we're already into December as well? Yeah, I honestly have no idea where the year went. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's kind of terrifying. I just feel like it slipped by me without my noticing. It's crazy in L.A. too because we don't have the season. So you don't have like, yeah. oh, the change of leaves, the, right, the exactly. snow. The, you don't have that to remind you. Yeah, exactly. I just, it, it disappears without you even noticing it. it's 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 jarring every time it's like oh it's the new year oh i'm so glad i got so much done this year <laughs> yeah you're looking back and you know you some people wish they had been more productive and yeah. some people were like oh okay i'm I, i'm finally done i'm finally was able to accomplish this yeah hey. <laughs> and you're obviously getting back into the swing of things from being in poland too just uh, about a week ago yeah yeah i am i had a great time over uh in warsaw for for warsaw comic-con i got to meet uh hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of amazingly passionate fans and uh they're they're just the sweetest people over there i loved it so much awesome awesome well for uh those new joining the show you can follow us every monday we're here live on the popcorn talk network with a new episode of i can never be we're also on itunes though later monday later into the week if you want to be able to just listen to us while you're enjoying maybe your drive doing whatever you want to do around the house we're just here to spread some inspiration some motivation in your week and just be able to offer some encouragement if you want to follow trevor you can follow him on twitter on instagram at trevor underscore steins you can follow me at the only MC. First time in Poland. Yeah, first right? time first time in Europe. Like I'd never been overseas before then. And you um, said that you were greeted at the airport in a very nice way. I was, yeah. I um I got out and it was something I'd never experienced before. There were people waiting like outside at the baggage claim with like pictures and uh pens to <laughs> sign autographs. And um, I got to meet – like immediately I was um, rushed by uh, the the people working for the expo mm-hmm. for Comic-Con and, and like a personal security detail that was like <laughs> arm-barring people trying to trying to talk to me. And I felt so bad. Like yeah. I, I, I told them that I was fine taking um, taking a couple pictures. Yeah. I, I have I three minutes. I, I have time. Yeah, because like they'd, they'd come to the airport to see me, yeah. which was insane. Like I've never experienced anything like that before. So it was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Excellent, excellent. And you, the candies? Yeah, yeah. I was <laughs> – so many fans brought me uh, like little Polish candies and um, and Oreos too. Like I don't know if you – Regular Oreos? <laughs> I, saw, I saw your picture on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's a kind of, it's become kind of a thing with my uh, following online that they, they know that I love Oreos. It's just – it's a huge thing um, for me. I mean, I personally just cannot stop eating them. Um, so I got so many, like, Oreos, just boxes and boxes of Oreos and, and other Polish candies. Um, and, yeah, I was telling you before we went live about uh, this This one girl comes up to me and she tells me that um, she comes from a, a small town in Poland that's only known for making 
one thing, and it's these like little caramel candies. And so she brought me a box or a, a little bag of them. Wow. That said, I hope to make your life a little bit sweeter. Um, and and, it, and it, did? Yeah, it did. It they're did. They're so good. <laughs> like I, I can't stop eating. I couldn't stop eating them until they were gone. Like they're delicious. Yeah, it lasted about a day and a half. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, Got to know real quick. What's your favorite flavor of Oreos? They've been doing a lot of new ones. What's your favorite? Yeah. Um, you know, I so so I have them ranked in like tiers. Top three. Top three. Um, it's hard for me to get away from the original. Like okay. I think the original is just such a classic taste. Um, like and double stuff original or regular original? I think the the flavor can go for both. I know a lot of people are partial to the double stuff, um, and I can understand why. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, so I think my top three, my top three right now would have to be original slash double stuffed. Um, the cinnamon bun flavor, Ooh, delicious. Yeah, they're real good. Um, and the chocolate cream, another kind of classic, yeah. but. I'm a chocolate guy, so it's I, those are, will always be a favorite. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure you were over there uh, for Riverdale, and that's certainly something. Uh, later in the show, we're going to be doing a bunch yeah. of uh, fan questions that people submitted to be able to talk about Riverdale. Is that something that you, you're still following? You're still you're watching, trying to keep up? I know that you're, you were such a huge part of season one. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I love getting to watch it as, um, as a fan um, and, and just getting to feel like, I was a part of this this grander story, right? Um, mm-hmm. I have I have fallen a little bit behind in in the recent weeks because mm-hmm. I've been busy, but um, traveling, yeah, yeah, exactly. So I'm I'm gonna try and catch up soon. So no spoilers, please. <laughs> I'm trying, like I I still need to catch up, but yeah, getting to getting to watch and see um, see my friends perform and and do something that that they're proud of and that I'm proud of is is amazing for me. Is that a, what kind of a transition is that? You're saying you, you're following it as a fan now. Do yeah. You, is it a new appreciation? Yeah, it's it's different um, in the sense that, like, before when I would watch the episodes, I had read the scripts already, mm-hmm. right? Um, and now I get to see kind of the, the final product um, as, it, as it was meant to be seen yeah. for, for the whole audience, which is, which is fun. So I'm, like, learning new things about the show and about what's going on in the current story as uh, at the same pace as, as yeah. you know, everybody yeah, else. You're on the edge of your seat, not reading it, but actually watching it. And then when the commercials come, it's like, no, exactly. Why? Yeah. It was so unfair because like before I could just read the whole script through and scream like a little girl at the end. But now I have to like wait through commercials and it's so aggravating. <laughs> uh, what was, you know, you, you obviously were in, uh, Riverdale, mm-hmm. and we talked about the Fosters and Amityville Terror, but yeah. way long ago, you started a career in sixth grade in in Washington. Yeah, was yeah, your yeah. first play? What town? You said a small town in Washington. What small? Yeah, town? yeah. I'm from uh, I'm from Tumwater. Okay, how small is small? It's I think the population is it's like I don't know. It's like less than ten thousand people. Okay, but um. I think. Um, somebody's yeah. going to fact check me. I'm going to be totally <laughs> wrong about that. It's grown since he's left, probably. Yeah, yeah. It's But like, I, I come from like the the Olympia Tumwater area. Yeah. Um, I often uh, – and yeah, I, I started with uh, – in, in Mrs. Dolan's sixth grade class. Shout out. Shout out to Deborah Dolan. Um, I was doing – and I did uh, a, Midsummer's Night, a Midsummer Night's Dream. Mm-hmm. I played Shakespeare. Yeah, for my first outing as an actor. <laughs> Did Shakespeare, um, and I played Lysander. Nice. Um, what was what drew you to that? Wanting to be in the play. You know, I'm not really, I'm not really sure why I wanted to do it. I just knew that I did. I think it was because my my older brother was in the same class two years prior, and okay. he did the play. And and uh, Ms. Dolan, she does the same play with her class every year. Okay. Um, and so I saw him do it when I was young, 
And so then when I got into that class and the play was coming up, I, I just kind of always knew that I was going to do it. Um, and I did. And I had so much fun that I just kept doing it through, you know, through middle school, high school. I just kind of auditioned mm-hmm. for the school plays and the school musicals and um, and all, was always just a part of theater. Were you the same uh, character as your brother, a different character? I was a different character. My my. Uh, I, don't, I don't remember who my character played, but <laughs> or sorry, who my brother played. Uh, yeah, but no, he he was not. He didn't he didn't keep up with acting yeah. after that. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, awesome. Now, did you just continue in acting after that? Did you? Some people say, you know, I I got I got the bug. You know, I got yeah. bit. I had the bug. Was that you? You know, it wasn't. Um, I I wasn't sure I, what I wanted to do as a career. Pretty much my entire life, I, I, I didn't really know. Um, I had different ideas growing up, but there was nothing, like, solid that I was like, yeah, just, I really want to do this, you know? Um, I always saw, I loved acting, and I loved performing, mm-hmm. but it, to me, it was always just a hobby. And it wasn't until I was coming up on my high school graduation that I I thought, you know, I, I met my, my agent, my manager down here in L.A., and I just, I kind of, it, it occurred to me, I was like, I feel like if I wanted to... I could do this and like and 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 make a career, and I just thought that if I could, then I owed it to myself to try it, you know. Hmm. And so, you know, like four months after graduating high school, I moved down to LA. <laughs> what did your parents think about that? Moving from a small town to LA so young? They were they were scared, um, but they knew that it was something that I had to do. You know? I feel like that's that's the that's the response that a lot of us say when we uh, talk about this. Maybe like five years down the line of like, but they they knew that it was the right thing, but they were scared. And then you go back to the moment, and they're like, I don't know about yeah, this. Yeah. I'm really questioning this. Yeah, I'm sure. Like, I'm sure they had some trepidations. Like, for me, I knew. I'm sure that they were like. Yeah, maybe he, he'll, he'll have a plan B, I'm sure, <laughs> if it doesn't work out. We'll let him explore this possibility. Right, exactly. But, I mean, I'm, I'm really lucky to have very supportive parents. Um, and I think, I think my parents knew that I, it was something that I was capable of doing, um, of kind of being on my own mm-hmm. at a young age. Um, and so while it's scary, especially because, you know, it was a, a much larger town that I'd never really yeah. been to before um, – I'm sure that they were terrified for me and, and obviously sad to see me leave. Um, I remember, like, driving away because I drove down the coast from Washington to L.A. Mm. Um, and I remember, like, the last time I saw my mother, uh, like, before I left yeah. was I had packed up all my stuff in my car and was driving away from her house. And she was just, like, crying and oh. waving. I was like, oh, God. Even just talking about it is it's an emotional thing. Um, so, you know, they were sad and, and scared for me. But uh, they they knew that I could take care of myself, and so they were really proud of me. Uh, me now that's move. That, what a seventeen hour drive. Yeah, about sixteen so, or seventeen. Yeah. How many eighteen year olds can do that? Of literally pack up the car and move on their own. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I I just felt like it was. I like I knew that if I wanted to act, I needed to be here. Yeah. Right. And I guess for me, I never really considered an alternative. I know I, I have younger friends here in Los Angeles um, that have, like, moved back home or have thought about moving back home. Mm-hmm. And it's always struck me as kind of interesting because when I when I moved here, it was, like, just with a knowledge that this is where I'd be, right? Yeah. I, and, and the idea of, of leaving never really occurred to me. I, I remember saying that, like, 
it doesn't matter how hard things get, like I will live out of my car if I have to, mm-hmm. to, to be here and to do this. So, um, so yeah, I mean, it was, it was a tough thing. I, I just packed up my entire life in the back of my car and I, um, I called my best friend, Alex. Uh, I was like, Hey man, so I'm moving down to LA Tell me you called him before you left. I called him before I left. Yeah, I was like, just, I'm hey, man, I'm on the road. Out. Yeah, hey, I'm on the road, not coming back. Um, no, I called him and I was like, uh, I was like, hey, man, I am, I'm moving to L.A. And I'm going to make the trip down the coast and I want you to come. Um, like, I just want you to make the drive with me and mm-hmm. then, you know, I'll fly you back up afterwards yeah. when, we get, when we get there. So he, like, took a day to think about it. And he was like, how many chances am I going to get to to go on a road trip down the coast with my yeah. best friend? And so he hops in the car with me. We take a two-day drive uh, down here. And honestly, it's one of just my favorite memories. Yeah. It's just like cruising with him and, and staying in a hotel halfway through. And it was just a really fun time, you know, grabbing dinner in the in the town that we stopped in. And yeah. it was just really fun. It was just like one of those really good memories that when he flew back um, – after we got there, he flew back to Washington. It was just one of those memories that I like held on to and have really cherished since. What range of emotions were going through your head as you're making this move? That's a huge career move. Obviously, yeah. you 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 know graduated. You're you know most people are maybe going to college where you you know you know other people are not that far away, and you're literally driving 17 hours to the second largest city in the country. Yeah. To pursue a career with no guarantees. What range of emotions are going through your mind at that point? Like the broadest spectrum that you could think of. I, it's terrifying. You know, it was it was one of the scariest things I'd ever done because it was just this monumental shift in the life that I knew. Right, I, I had was born and raised in you know Olympia Tumwater, mm-hmm. had never lived anywhere else. Um, I visited other cities, but for like a week at a time, um, and. And here I was just completely upending my life and, and causing this just giant shift and change in everything that I knew. So, uh, yeah, it was it was really scary but exciting and really sad because I was I was the kind of guy that I'm, I'm very much like a home body, I guess you could mm-hmm. say. Like I growing up in my town, um, I loved it there. You know, I remember being in school and there would be people who like who were like. I can't. I can't get wait to get out of here and never look back. But I was never. I was never one of those people. Like I loved where I lived, and and mm-hmm. I I honestly didn't want to live anywhere else. I just knew that I would this have is where to. you have to be. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so it was sad for me to leave and to leave behind friends that I'd known my entire life and in my family, and to show up in a city where I knew nobody. Um, but I just I felt confident that I could do it. You know. So you and get here. Your, what it took. So you get here. Your friend flies back. Yeah. Did that probably hit too? Because you're then you're fully alone. Yeah, we were crying at the airport. Like I dropped him off. We just hugged for a long time, and we were both crying. Um, and then he left, and I was like, "Yeah, I, uh, I was just by myself." Did um, you know anyone? I knew my agent and my manager, and uh, thankfully, my manager set me up with a place to stay for a couple weeks. Um, and it gave me time to like find a job and um and find a place to live which what, was which was really useful. What was the job? What do you got? No, what do you got? I don't no, wanna... come on. Share it. We all have our fun jobs. Right, I worked right, in a factory right. for 3 summers. <clears throat> I worked at Abercrombie and Fitch <laughs> as a as a store like a, 
<laughs> they called them models back then, uh-huh. like the people who walked around the store. Yeah. <laughs> Every time I tell that, tell somebody that, they're like, of course you did. <laughs> they're like, you didn't even need to tell me that. Somehow I already knew that you worked at Abercrombie & Fitch. Do you see that, you know, you walk by in the mall and you you walk by and every time you're like, yep. that was me. I get flashbacks every time. I hear, <laughs> I smell the cologne that they spray in there and I'm like, it just takes me right back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but that, that probably maybe, you know, working those type of jobs, they offer motivation to get out of those type of jobs too. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think working retail is, is an, is, it's, it's an interesting experience, you mm-hmm. know? Um, I think when you have a goal in mind for your life and for you, where you want to be, um, being dissatisfied, I think, is the greatest motivator, you know, yeah. for that. Not to say anything bad about Abercrombie and Fitch. No, They're no, no. Wonderful. But, but it uh, wasn't your passion. Right, exactly. It's, it's, it wasn't what I wanted to be doing um, with my time, you know. How long did you work there? Because I know it was about two years from the time you moved to L.A. to the time you uh, – we're on Riverdale. Yeah. Right? Um, yeah. It was uh, – I want to say it was closer to probably like a year to a year and a half okay. um, because we filmed and then the show yeah. like premiered okay. later. Um, but I worked there I think for – I want to say like eight months. Wow. Six to eight months. Um, and I kind of – I just saved. Uh, I had some savings mm-hmm. before I moved down here. Uh, and I stopped working there uh, after I booked a – uh, like a print job mm-hmm. and I, I stopped working there and kind of floated on savings um, for a little while and then was that eight months you said you're saving is that that the hustle months you look back and say that was the grind yeah exactly that was that was um me doing what i had to do to to live you know and it, yeah it, and because i lived far from because i worked at the the one universal mm-hmm. uh studios the nice. abercrombie fish yeah. store there and so it was like a 35 minute drive both ways um so i would spend like over an hour on the road every night and uh that was rough um Mm -hmm. so i was kind of yeah that was those were the grind months you know and it's i feel lucky because my story is not nearly as as trying as a lot of because i have a lot of actor friends and and some people i mean people work so hard to pursue years their dreams yeah years and and it's honestly inspiring to me and i feel so lucky to have people in my life that that know what it's like to really struggle and um and pursue this dream despite all odds you know and i I just feel really lucky that um that i've been able to do the work that i've done and and support myself when you landed the the role uh you know the print job and then started getting other ones you know with Mm -hmm. the fosters with amityville terror and then finally obviously with riverdale which is a you know a full season you're you're doing your job yeah what was that like for you? It was uh, it was interesting, you know. I there were there's a lot of moments, a lot a lot of peaks and valleys. Mm-hmm. I want to say, you know, like there's there's highs and lows uh, in confidence and uh, your belief in yourself, um, other people's belief in you, mm-hmm. and it can it's you have to take the good with the bad. You know, I I started. Um, I came down here, you know, I, I was working a couple print jobs, like, like I said, and, mm-hmm. uh, I was auditioning for, you know, student films. I, I did the, <laughs> the thing that actors yeah. do, you know, I, I came down, I, I worked on a, a lot of student films, uh, met some passionate people, uh, you know, worked on Amityville, which mm-hmm. was like the first feature, you know, <laughs> like an ultra low budget film. 
and and just kind of worked my way up. Mm-hmm. You know, I I did these things that like nobody will see just you know yeah. it's, I, it's the it's, thing it's, that it's actors thing that, do yeah you know? it's the thing that people who watch these actors on the screen maybe think oh well, they automatically got these parts right and no there's so much work yeah exactly like years go into every overnight success yes right and so um yeah so i i and the thing is is like it, i was doing what i was passionate about mm-hmm. you know even though i wasn't on these like glamorous sets um with full catering mm-hmm. and like my own trailer um, I got to show up and sit in front of a camera and, you know, try not to look like an idiot, <laughs> uh, which is what I love doing. And so I worked – I worked my way up and just I, – I caught a lucky break with, um, you know, with the Fosters and with Amityville, with with Riverdale. Um, and every time it's it's just an amazing experience. I, I felt just as lucky booking Riverdale as I did booking like my first student film, you know. Just because it is someone who believes in you or it's, 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 you know, a realization that you've achieved success? Yeah, it's definitely in, in affirmation, you mm-hmm. know. Um, in a lot of acting classes that I've, that I've been a part of, um, they preach that, like, you can't, you can't define yourself as an actor by um, whether or not you work. Like, you have to own the fact that you're an actor yes. and you can't wait for – um, a job booking to prove to yourself that you're an actor. Hmm. If you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like you can't be like, oh, I booked this job. That makes me a real actor. Like you have to be a real actor before the the affirmation comes. But that being said, like it is when you when you get that job or you get that promotion in, in your work that like it, it does feel like somebody believes in you and it does feel like, all right, I'm not crazy. <laughs> like this <laughs> this this might actually work for me. And, could, oh, sorry. Keep going. Oh, yeah. I was just gonna say, like, like, yeah. I felt um, in in both scenarios, like the smallest budget short film or the the highest budget television or film production, they're they're both equal to me in my mind because they're they're both just these opportunities to uh, explore this thing that I'm passionate about. Yeah. And I feel like yeah. that's not even you know just for actors. That's for anyone. Like you're saying of being able to believe. For yourself, and even when someone asks you, "What? Oh, what are you here yeah. in LA?" So many people ask you that question. Whether you're an actor, whether you're a host, whether you're trying to be an athlete or a producer or yeah. whatever, or a musician or anything. Yeah, you have to be able to know to yourself, "This is what I am." Yeah, yeah, and it took me a long that- time to uh, to say that. I think I think that's a, a stigma that um, it's hard for some people to get over, as especially as entertainers. Like uh, I, it took me a while to be able to say that. You know, I'm an actor, right? <laughs> I think because I think just because there's a stigma around, you know, oh, another, yeah, another oh, LA actor, yeah. you know. Uh, but yeah, I feel like once you start really owning that and being able to say, like, yeah, I'm an actor, mm-hmm. uh, and you just have to come, then you have to, you know, battle with the follow up <laughs> questions like, oh, what have you been in? Whatever, yeah, yeah. what have I seen you in? And you're like, um, yeah. I don't know if you make a habit of watching student films, <laughs> but, <laughs> um, but yeah, like once you own that, it's it's an empowering thing. When you you know you're on Riverdale for the season, mm-hmm. that do you take time while you're doing that to be able to enjoy that and know that you've gotten that far and this is where you are and this is the sets that you're on and the trailers and like you're saying, actually have things worth of the budget. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think for me particularly, it's I I have always struggled to to celebrate myself, mm-hmm. you know, and to celebrate my own successes. That's something that. Um, Again, like acting teachers have, have constantly told me that like you need to learn to be <laughs> proud of your own achievements and 
I think I just it just comes from a mindset of um like I I love what I do and I I'm never satisfied. Yeah. You know. Um I always want to be doing more. But yeah, like there there were there were moments of of reveling in in this feeling mm-hmm. of um not I wouldn't quite call it success, but just this feeling of progress, you know, of yeah. getting to see this this final result of something that me and uh, hundreds of people have put so much work into yep. and so much time and passion. Um, you know, I remember the first trailer dropping for Riverdale and just like, I don't know, I was speechless. Yeah. Yeah. So it's definitely, there There are definitely moments where you feel it, you know, you feel it deep within you, this this feeling of, of pride in, in what you mm-hmm. have been able to do. How do you balance that as a young actor or for anyone in any field of achieving that success, but knowing that there's so much more to do is there a balance of appreciating where you are but also knowing that there's so much work left to do and what is that yeah there's definitely a balance and i'll let you know when i found it (laughs) (laughs) like it is it's hard um like i said it's i think for some people it's hard to celebrate um and be proud of your own achievements when you know there's so much left to do and Mm -hmm. for some people like it's easy to get stagnant in in what you've done yeah you know um there's a balance that comes with there is a balance of of being proud while also not being content you know Mm -hmm. and 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 constantly chasing that goal and and uh keeping to the grind and and make sure making sure that you're doing the work every day that you need to do to uh to further your progress right has that been more of a realization even, you know, after Riverdale? Yeah, you know? definitely. Like, I, I came off of Riverdale um, really happy with the work that I put in and just hungry mm-hmm. for more, you know, um, wanting – just wanting to keep the ball rolling and wanting to continue on um, doing this thing that I'm passionate about. And it, it was definitely, like uh, – I definitely started to realize that there's always – there's always something you can be doing, you know, and I, I couldn't allow this lovely, lovely thing that I got to be a part of um, make me comfortable, you know. You can enjoy it, but you can't, you know, always, you know, use that as an out, use it as a fallback. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I, I think I think you have to constantly work as if you've done nothing. I love that. Like, I think you have to constantly work as if um, – as if it's still your first day, mm-hmm. you know, and just be ju- be just as passionate and be just as eager. What is the hardest thing for people who you don't know about acting and know kind of like the whole grind that it takes? What is the one thing you wish people knew about the grind and what actors go through to be able to reach their roles? Yeah, uh, I, you know, it's funny. I was just having this conversation last night um, with a friend of mine. I think something that can be kind of not I don't want to say frustrating but something that that people don't always understand who who don't experience this for themselves every day is that um that one job is not a career make you know like people see you in in one like commercial on the internet and they're like you've made it you're done <laughs> you're you're rolling in cash you're you're famous now like yeah. that's it right life's going to be easy right exactly and that's just not how it works like you you can do one great thing and then not work for 10 years, you know? Mm-hmm. Like you are constantly unsure, yeah. you know? Um, 
and even that, like even for me coming off of, of Riverdale, which ha- is and continues to be or was and continues to be an amazing experience. Mm-hmm. Um, it's still like I'm still not done. Yeah. You know, and I feel like a lot of people that's that's kind of the, the viewpoint they mm-hmm. they adopt, which I get like you see somebody on TV and you're like, oh, that yeah. that they're they've made it. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and that's just not always the case. You you just constantly you're always working. You're always trying to figure out where um, where your next piece of work and where your next job is going to yeah. come from. Coming off that, and before we get to some fan questions, yeah, yeah. just I'm wanting to know what would you consider to be your definition of success? Hmm. I think my personal definition of success is um, it might sound a little trite or cliche, but. Um, I think my personal definition of success is just being able to do work that I am able to look back on and be proud of, Mm -hmm. you know, um, even like, obviously I want to be able to support myself financially, but, uh, just being able to do work that I feel like in my heart was good and meaningful, something that I can really be proud of. Um, that is what's important to me. I don't care what it is. I don't care if it's Again, like a, a no-budget student <laughs> film, short film, or, you know, like a Steven Spielberg movie. Yeah. I, as long as it's work that I enjoy and can be proud of um, and work that makes other people proud, uh, mm. that's what success is to me. And that's that's awesome. It's a great attitude to have, and I love, again, a- asking people that question because it's not – it's never answered the answer for people of like, oh, achieving this much money or yeah. getting to this level. It you know really boils down to that impact that you're having on other people through the work that you're doing right, or exactly. the family. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Fantastic. Well, that wraps up the kind of the series portion. We have a lot of fan questions. If cool. you're willing to take a few. Yeah, I love I love fan questions. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Now, I know you, uh, you've you been following along uh, on this current season, so you yep. know about the Black Hood. And yes. we, I got to know, do you know who the Black Hood is or do you think you know who the Black Hood is? Oh, I know. You know 100%. 100%. It's Hot Dog. <laughs> Archie's dog. It was him the whole time, you guys. He's orchestrated this whole thing. Mm. Is it? Is that something that it, that is really you know? Now that you're kind of more of a fan, that you're mm. you're wanting to know, or do you, do you know? I don't know at all. Okay. I'm dying to know. Who, who's and your theory? That's the thing. I I got asked this in Poland a lot mm-hmm. too, right? I have no clue. Like I the the mystery has trumped me better than even the first the mystery in the first season did. Um. And I, I have, I just have no idea who it is. Like, I, I keep thinking about all the characters on the show and who it could be. I, I've appreciated the theories that it's Hal Cooper. Mm-hmm. Um, I like, I kind of like where I've seen some of the evidence, um, or I guess I like where I see people's heads going in that direction. Um, but uh, so you're Team Hal. Yeah, I feel like for now I'm kind of Team Hal. Um, like I said, I need to catch up, so maybe there's some evidence mm-hmm. that I haven't seen. But I. This the mystery of this season is so enticing to me that I, I am dying to figure out who it is, Excellent. and I, I have no idea. I wish I did. <laughs> I wish I could tell you guys more. I really do. Well, there's been the, the talk of the the spinoff series with Sabrina, yeah, coming yeah. to Netflix. Yeah, it just I, got picked yeah. up right for two seasons, I think. Yeah, and th- so we don't know much about that besides you know Sabrina's a little maybe dark magic. Yeah, yeah, and that could maybe see them reaching back into Jason Blossom. What are your thoughts on that? Would you mm. like to be able to come back to mm. life? Uh, you know, I the group of people that work on 
these shows and Roberto, like the lead writer behind this whole thing, the mastermind behind this whole thing, they're amazing. And yeah. I, I would never turn down an opportunity to work with them again. And yeah, I'm hopeful. Am I hopeful? You know, I, yeah, I, I think it'd be an interesting take, an interesting storyline. Uh, and I guess all I can really say about it is that when it comes to Riverdale and the town of Riverdale, that universe, uh, even though, even if you may know where the bodies are buried, that doesn't always necessarily mean they'll stay buried. No, oh, I like that. <laughs> I like that. Now, we got uh, maybe one last question here. Yeah, your, yeah. your sister, Cheryl, certainly mm-hmm. has transitioned this season, kind of yeah. going. I, I say, I was talking with someone earlier. It's like she's on the ledge, and you don't know which way she's going to fall. Yeah, yeah. Which way would you like to see her fall? Because she's kind of gone more evil. Would you like to see her yeah. go full-blown evil? You know, it's interesting. I, I've i said it before. Um, I think Sh- Cheryl was a powerhouse in the first season. And now she's even more of just this amazing bombshell. Honestly, I think, I think it, I'd like to see how twisted she can get. I'd like to see how dark they can take <laughs> that character and and continue to make her like believable and relatable. And they can do it. The writers on yeah. the show are are capable of anything. And and Madeleine is a very talented actress. So I think she can handle it. So excellent, excellent. Yeah. Well, I'm sure a lot of people were very interested to see what your thoughts have been on this past season. And obviously, yeah. looking ahead, we'd love to see you back. In Sabrina, you know, that's <laughs> certainly something that is up in the air, and you yeah, never yeah. know what that could bring. Yeah, exactly, you know? Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for yeah. joining us, and especially yeah. opening up, you know, about kind of the, the struggles that any actor faces, and right. especially those Abercrombie and Fitch days <laughs> that a lot of people, you know, will give a free plug to, to A&F. Yeah, yeah, hey. But I appreciate that. I know it's not always easy, and I think it's something that is encouraging. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not easy, but it is so worth it in the end, mm-hmm. you know, especially getting to see the results of your work and, and meet people whose work, who, who you've affected through your own struggles um, is, it makes it all worth it, you know. Absolutely. Hopefully we've uh, had an impact and affected people on this show, maybe give you a, just a different view of Trevor's life, certainly offer some motivation, some encouragement, some inspiration. That's what we love to try to do on the show. Again, we are live Mondays at 4.10 here on the Popcorn Talk Network. We're on iTunes. We're on YouTube. Go tell your friends. Like, comment, rate. Give us five stars. If you would like to follow Trevor after the show, follow him on Twitter, on Instagram, at Trevor underscore Steins. You have yes, such sir. a big following, a lot of loyal fans. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I really do. I'm really lucky. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So if you'd like to follow me, follow me at the only MC. Guys, thank you so much again. The season of giving, we're in the Christmas season. First off, Merry Christmas. But again, that challenge, go be generous. Go do something kind for someone else today. We'll see you next time. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals.